Hey everyone, this is Greg Schutz from ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready For The Draft podcast. That's right, we are back. After a few months layoff, enjoying the summer, we're back to talk about the NFL Draft, bringing you the first episode of the 2020 NFL Draft podcast series. Now, why are we talking about the NFL Draft in August? Well, I'll tell you what, my goal over the next three weeks is to get you prepared for the 2019 college football season. We're going to take a look at both the offense and defensive side of the balls. We're going to take a look at some matchups. Week number one, this week, it will be all about the offense. We're going to talk quarterbacks, go through the skill positions, the running backs, the receivers, tight ends, and in the trenches along the offensive line. Week number two, we're going to talk defense. It's going to be all about the the defensive line, linebackers, and then back end in the secondary with the corners and the safeties. Week number three, it will be about the conferences, talking about the matchups. Which games should you be tuning in to watch, to watch those key matchups? We're going to talk about all the players who are going to be the top names there for that 2020 draft. Who are the guys that are going to be primed for a breakout season? And who are the guys that are going to fly under the radar that are going to pop up there in April? That's right. We'll be getting ready for that draft in April in Las Vegas, Nevada, the future home of the silver and black, the Raiders. So when we talk about the draft every single year, you know, if you've listened, listened to my podcast, you know that we talk about narratives. What is the narrative? Well, in 2018, it was all about the quarterback, right? We have four quarterbacks taken in the top 10, never been done before. You know, the, you have Baker Mayfield going one overall, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and, and Josh Rosen, and then Lamar Jackson coming in number five quarterback, taking number 32 overall by the Baltimore Ravens. First time we've seen five quarterbacks taken in round number one since 1999. That was a Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Achille Smith, and and Cade McNown era. 2019 draft. What was the conversation? It was all about defense, right? Everyone was talking about, wow, this is really a a defense-heavy class, and, and it was all about the defense. But what happened? There was a trio of quarterbacks. And if you go back, I went and looked at my very first rankings. None of these quarterbacks were in the top rankings uh, when it first came out. But you had Kyler Murray go number one overall to the Cardinals. You had Daniel Jones, the David Cutcliffe disciple, go to the Giants. And then you had Dwayne Haskins, the redshirt sophomore out of Ohio State, go into the Redskins. They leapfrogged the likes of, of Will Greer, Drew Locke, Ryan Finley, Jarrett Stidham. Those were guys that I had uh, towards the top of my quarterback rankings here day one. So there are a lot of guys. You know, and, you know this, is, this is real early on in the process, but I still want to make sure that we're talking about who the guys are going to be that we're going to be watching in 2019, guys who are going to make a play to be in the, in the conversation in the first round. We're going to take a look at the guys who are going to be day two picks, day three guys you know, who are going to be steals for an NFL franchise. Now, what's crazy is, is we talk about quarterbacks, and I think we're going to have another quarterback narrative in this year's draft. There's a trio of quarterbacks that I think set themselves apart from everyone else. You know, and that's Justin Herbert of Oregon, Tua Tagovailoa of Alabama, and Georgia's Jake Fromm. Uh, uh, Jake Fromm. Now, when you talk about Justin Herbert, first thing that jumps out to me is, is he was actually number one on my quarterback list last season. So here he is again this year. What's really changed? Not a whole lot. So when you take a look and you talk about Justin Herbert as a senior, 
uh, you know, what's crazy is, is he, he was the first true freshman actually to start at Oregon since 1983. Um, in, in his second game as a starter, he tied the school record with six touchdown passes. And then the next week accounted for a school record, 512 total yards, tied Bill Musgrave's record for passing uh, from 1989 with 489 yards. Uh, 12 touchdowns in three games equals a mark set by Joey Harrington in 2000 and Marcus Mariota in, in 2012. Um, you know, 167.5 uh, QB uh, QB rating as a sophomore, but played in eight games due to an injury. Uh, you know, the thing with Justin Herbert that that I worry about just a little bit is is the durability. You know, are, are there going to be any durability concerns when you deal with with Justin Herbert? Um, but you know, I, I think there's no doubt when you look at what he did in 2018. Uh, you know, you look at the stats. You know, under 60 percent. And if you've listened to my podcast, you know I talk about uh, if you can't complete 60 percent of your passes in college. What makes you think you're going to be able to do that at the next level? Well, you know, he, he did drop a little bit, 59.4%, um, you know, for for the year. And, uh, you know, I, I think there are a lot of different factors that, that came into play there for him there. You know, a big reason was losing Dylan Mitchell, his go-to target. Um, you know, really struggled to find another receiver, you know, and really build that rapport for a while because Dylan Mitchell was really that guy that he keyed in on. Reminded me a lot of Drew Locke there at, at Missouri, when Emmanuel Hall went down, Drew Locke really struggled to build rapport with his receivers. He had the tight end, Albert Oweboonam, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But, you know, he really struggled. And when uh, Oweboonam went down to injury, he really struggled to find anybody and, and really, you know, had a hard time um, you know, building some of that rapport. And I think that was one of the things that Justin Herbert ran into, uh, you know, quite a bit. You know, but there's no no doubt that he's he's athletic. He's got a, a tremendous arm. The pocket presence, his ability to manipulate the pocket. Um, and look, you know, if you need a quarterback who's going to cut it loose, you know, for 50, 60, 70 yards, you know, this is a guy who can definitely do that. Um, you know, threw for, for 3,100 yards, 29 touchdowns, a little uptick in his interceptions, had nine in his first two years combined, uh, you know, had eight interceptions in, in 2018. Uh, so, you know, over 7,000 yards in his career, 63 touchdowns, just 17 interceptions, um, you know, also ran, you know, for 510 yards uh, with nine scores. Uh, in in his career on the ground, um, to me, I, I just I look at Justin Herbert, and, and to me, I think he's probably the, the the number one guy right now. You know, I think when you when you talk about Tua Tagovailoa, he's more of the the precision, um, you know, the guy who's going to cut cut you up, you know, defensively. Uh, whereas Justin Herbert is going to be the guy who's going to. Um, you know, be that have all the physical skills that everyone's looking for and everyone covets. I think people are really looking at Justin Herbert to take a step forward. You know, I'm expecting to see you know well over 60% completion. You know, we want to see that that touchdown to interception ratio. You know, we really don't want to see any of the mistakes. You know, we want to see that that pinpoint accuracy. We want to see the ball placement and anticipation. You know, what you have there with Mario Cristobal's offense. Man, you know, that offensive line, he's got one of the best offensive line, if not the best offensive line. You know, you talk about that Joe Moore award that was won by by OU this last year. This could be the line this year, you know, with Panay Sewell, uh, Shane Lemieux, uh, Jake 
uh, Hanson there at center, Dallas Warmack, and then uh, on the right tackle, you know, Calvin Th- uh, Throckmorton, who could very well end up being the number one tackle taken in the draft. Uh, so, you know, he's got the line there. He's got the running game. He's got, you know, C.J. Verdell that's going to be carrying the football. He's built up some rapport with his receivers like Chris Red and, and a tight end and Jacob Freeland, who has a good chance to to be, uh, I'm sorry, Jacob Breeland, uh, to be uh, one of the top tight ends taken in this year's draft. So, so to me, Justin Herbert is, is the number one quarterback, followed you know very closely by Tua Tagovailoa. Now look, you know he's not he's not the big the big quarterback that Justin Herbert is. Justin Herbert 6'6", 233 pounds. And then when you talk about a guy like Tua, well Tua you know on the flip side 6'1", 218 pounds. Now with Tua, you know in 2017, you know this was a guy who burst onto the scene. You know Alabama. You know, down to Georgia, 13 to nothing at half in uh, the national title game, replaces Jalen Hurts, ultimately uh, you know, leads the team down 14 to 24, 166 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, including a seven yard touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley with 349 to play to tie the game. Then that 41-yard pass to Devontae Smith, that game-winning touchdown, 26-23, beating the Bulldogs, leading Alabama to victory. And that's really was, you know, kind of the end of the uh, end of things for Jalen Hurts there in, in Alabama. Um, you know, I, I think when, when you look at Tua in 2018, uh, 69% completion percentage. You know, that, that's one of the things that really jumps out. You know, fifth in the FBS in, in completion percentage with 69%. Uh, uh, over 3,900 yards passing, 43 touchdowns, and just six interceptions. Uh, you know, second in the Heisman voting, consensus All-American, Davey O'Brien finalist. Um, you know, he was uh, basically the quarterback of the third-ranked offense in the FBS. Bama single-season records for passing yards and touchdowns, and led the FBS in passing yards per completion at 16.2 and per attempt at 11.2. Thank you, Pro Football Focus, for that. Uh, six pa- six games over 300 yards, eight games without interception before. Uh, LSU, you know, he did battle that sprained knee, uh, you know, against Arkansas. That was the sixth game, um, you know, and really, you know, in the last three games, seven touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, you know, against Georgia uh, in the um, SEC championship, you know, 10, 10 for 25, 164 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Jalen Hurts ultimately stepped in uh, for the tying and game-winning touchdowns in, in that um, you know, bounces back against OU, 24-27, 318 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And then in the national title game against Clemson, 22-34, 295 yards, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of picks. Uh, you know, what Clemson was able to do, um, they showed him a lot of different looks. And I think that's one of the things that Tua is going to have to make sure that he works on. You know, he he's really good about seeing the field, going through his progressions, giving what the defense gives him. Um, and... and you know, I, I think the the ball placement, the accuracy, uh, the anticipation with which he throws. You know, he throws guys open, which I think is something as a receiver, you know, you you love to have. Um, but I, I think as he, you know, when he was under pressure, he really struggled uh, at, at times. You know, and I think with Clemson, you know, they, they kind of threw some different looks at him. And when he was under pressure, you know, that's where he cracks. You know, a guy like Baker Mayfield, he thrived under pressure. When they put pressure on him, he was just as accurate, even, even you know, more accurate potentially when he was under pressure. Tua's going to have to watch out. Last year he was playing on a line, you know, with the likes of, uh, of Jonah Williams, and uh, Ross Pierschbacher does not have that. 
you know, the, the running game, he lost two running backs, he lost Damian Harris and he lost Josh Jacobs. Najee Harris is going to be stepping in, you know, but that, that offensive line, it's going to be led by, by Alex Leatherwood. And, uh, you know, you've got, you know, a, a couple of other, uh, other linemen on there, Matt Womack, uh, in, in there, but they're going to be having to replace a few guys there up front. And, uh, if he gets under pressure, you know, that's really what I want to see is, is can Tua deal with the pressure? You know, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me with with Tua, and if he can step up to that and really show that he can perform under pressure, then I think Tua could uh, could challenge Justin Herbert for that starting or for that number one quarterback spot, which then takes us to Jake Fromm out of Georgia, six two, two hundred twenty pounds, the junior. You know, played so well after Jacob Eason got hurt as a as a freshman. You know, he was the SEC Freshman of the Year in twenty seventeen. Took Jacob Eason's job. Jacob Eason ended up having to transfer to Washington. Um, you know, in that that season, ninth in passing efficiency, and you know, you know, at one hundred sixty point one, third most passing yards uh, by a freshman for Georgia in history. Um, you know, a guy sixteen to twenty two for one hundred eighty three yards and two touchdowns in that SEC championship game that we just spoke of earlier. Um, you know, I, I look at Jake Fromm, and he, he's a guy that hey, he's. He's not going to wow you with the arm strength, but I think what he does aren't you know, wow you with is is the precision. You know, he's somebody who is you know game manager is not a bad thing, especially when you look at Georgia's offense. They had the two two headed monster with uh, both uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, Elijah Holyfield. DeAndre uh, uh, Swift is coming back. Uh, you know, but you look at a guy, a career 65% completion percentage, over 5,300 yards, uh, 54 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, to me, you know, Jake Fromm is a guy who is is just so, he's so deadly accurate. Um, you know, in, in 2018, let's see, um, you know, fifth in, in pass efficiency, 67.3% completion percentage, 12th in the FBS there, six games with multi-touchdowns and zero interceptions, two games, just two games under 60% completion. That's what you want to see out of a, out of a quarterback. Um, you know, and, and he stepped up against Alabama, you know, 25 to 39, 600, or I'm sorry for that's 64% completion percentage, 301 yards, three touchdowns, two inter- or I'm sorry, zero interceptions. Uh, the only game, over 300 yards in, in that season, um, you know, but you know, 13 interceptions in his two years, uh, you know, a guy who sees the field very well, but again, he's not going to wow you with the arm strength. He's not going to wow you with a lot of the physical talents, but I think it's more about uh, some of the intangibles with Jake Fromm, And I think that's ultimately going to get him drafted in round number one. Now we've got three quarterbacks, like I mentioned in round number one um, that are for sure. We've got, a slew of quarterbacks who are going to be jockeying for position behind them. Who's going to be number four through 10 with these quarterbacks. When you're talking about quarterbacks and and how many get drafted, you know, when you look at at a season ago, 11 quarterbacks total drafted from Kyler Murray, number one overall to Trace McSorley drafted uh, 197th overall, you know, a season before that, there were 13 quarterbacks taken, you know, and if you even go back further in 2017, you know, there were only 10 quarterbacks. So, you know, it's one of those things, you know, are there quarterbacks in this year's draft who can come in and, and make a roster and potentially challenge for a starting spot? And the answer is yes. There are a lot of underclassmen um, who may or may not even come out, you know, but those are going to be guys that we're all going to be keeping an eye on. So we'll start when we're looking at the rest of these quarterbacks with the trio of Pac-12 quarterbacks. The first one, Jacob Eason, we spoke of him earlier, uh, 6'6", 227 pounds. He's at Washington now, uh, you know, up there in Seattle. Uh, his first year at Georgia in 2016, threw for twenty-four over 2,400 yards, just 55.1% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, eight 
eight interceptions. Uh, started 12 of 13 games, um, six games without an interception. Uh, but here's the deal. You know, yes, Jacob Eason's a big, strong arm quarterback, you know, a guy who can manipulate the pocket a little bit. Um, but we haven't really seen him on the big stage. You know, he only played in three games in 2017, then transferred to Washington. So he's replacing Jake Browning, and he's in a in an offense that has, you know, uh, Salvan Ahmed uh, running the football. You've got Ty uh, Jones and Aaron Fuller there catching passes. So it's going to be interesting to see what Jacob Eason can do there uh, for Chris Peterson. Uh, KJ Costello out of Stanford, you know, the big kid, Southern California kid out of Orange County, uh, Santa Margarita High School, uh, 6'5", 215 pounds. The junior, uh, you know, really burst onto the scene um, in 2018. He was a team captain, Pac-12, all academic team, um, you know, just four games under 60% completion percentage seven games over 300 um, and six of 12 games without an interception through for over 3,500 yards 65.1 percent completion percentage uh, 29 touchdowns 11 interceptions needs to cut down on some of the mistakes uh, you know there Uh, he he doesn't have the luxury of having a guy like JJ Arcega Whiteside that he can just throw the football up to Um, but uh, he will have Colby Parkinson there at tight end still has a lot of talent there on the offense Um, you know so for for me, when I look at KJ Costello, he's a guy who who can definitely manipulate the pocket. A guy who has a, a strong arm, can throw very well on the run. Um, but uh, I think the the top quarterback in the Pac-12, not named Justin Herbert, may actually be Stephen Montez. Now, Stephen Montez is a four-year starter. Uh, you know, a guy who played in ten games, three games as a starter when he took over for the injured Sefo Lufau back in 2016. Uh, went two and one as a starter, and in those three-game stretch against uh, Oregon, Oregon State, and USC, went over 67% completion percentage, 823 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Really, a guy who was a standout. Also rushed for over 200 yards uh, in that season. 2017, he took over. As the starter, uh, three games over 400 total yards. Uh, you know, five games over 60% completion percentage. Um, did just just over 60% um, for the year. Just under 3,000 yards. 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That two to one interception uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Wanted to see him, you know, not make as many mistakes. I think that's one of the things a lot of his passes would sail. You know, not always seeing the field. Um, you know, as a junior in 2018, 64.7% completion percentage, 20 uh, over 2,800 yards, 19 touchdowns. Again, nine interceptions. Um, really needed to, to cut down on on the uh, on, on those interceptions, as I said. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I look at it. You know, Colorado started off with five straight wins, then seven straight losses. Didn't make a bowl game in the last three games against Washington State, Utah, and Cal. Just 54.4% completion percentage, 453 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Look, Mel Tucker, the new head coach there in in uh, in Boulder. Work with this guy. You know, make sure that you've got uh, got the offense firing on all cylinders. You know, uh, Lavisca Chenault is going to be healthy, and, and I think that duo is is really going to shine. But uh, I want to see Steven Montez take the next step. You know, he's someone again. You know, he's he's rushed for for over 800 yards, so he'll hit the thousand yard mark uh, in his career on the ground. Very mobile, very strong arm, can be accurate. Um, you know, I just want to really see him take that next step. 
So we talked about three guys on the West Coast. Let's go to the Big Ten and, and take a look at a, at a duo there. Uh, you know, Nate Stanley of Iowa and Shea Patterson of Michigan. Now you talk about Nate Stanley. This is a big kid, 6'4", 242 pounds, smart guy, academic all Big Ten, uh, team captain in 2018. Uh, you know, had seven games over 60, 60% completion percentage, but just three games over 300 yards. That's really not what Iowa was doing. Um, you know, four games without an interception. You know, take a look at some of these numbers. You know, uh, you know, this past season, 59.3% completion, uh, over 2,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, but 10 interceptions. You know, the the thing with it is, is, is he was a guy that would just, you know, he'd you know, a head scratcher. Um, you know, he, you look at, you know, against Minnesota and against Indiana, 62% completion, 634 yards, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, then goes 11 to 20, uh, 22, 86 yards and a touchdown and interception against Maryland, and then 18 of 49, which is 36.7%, 205 yards, two interceptions against Penn State. You know, he's really kind of all over the place in terms of, you know, there's no consistency to him. Um, he has all the talent in the world. You know, he's losing two of his, his top targets in, in TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Um, but if Iowa really wants to take that next step and be, you know, a, a powerhouse for the Big Ten in, in 2019, Nate Stanley is going to have to be consistent. Shea Patterson, Michigan. Another guy, you know, he played his first year at Michigan after two years uh, at Ole Miss, uh, was a finalist for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, 10 games over 60% completion percentage, including four over 70%, seven games over 200 yards, uh, and seven multi-touchdown games, uh, 64.6 completion percentage, 22 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. You know, this is a guy who I, I think... You know, again, consistency with some of this. You know, there are times where he was a bit of a gunslinger. You know, does make plays with his legs. Uh, you know, over 400 yards total on the ground in his three seasons with uh, with the Rebels and, and Wolverines. But he's also a guy who tries to do too much. You know, he doesn't take what the defense gives him all the time. Holds on to the ball way too long. It takes way too many sacks. Um, so I think for Shea Patterson, what he needs to do is really step up and and. Take what the defense gives you sometimes. Really go through the, you know, see the entire field. Go through your progressions when needed, but also feel that that presence, that pocket presence, pocket awareness. You know, you don't always have to to get outside the pocket, you know, and and break down, um, you know, have the play break down when you don't need to. And I think that's one of the things that he runs into. So we go from the Big Ten to the SEC. And uh, Jake Bentley out of South Carolina, another guy who's very inconsistent. You know, a career 63% uh, completion percentage, over 7,300 yards, 54 uh, touchdowns, but 30 interceptions. You know, that, that's that's really the big thing. You know, and, and in 2017 had 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Uh, in 2018, then it was 27 and 14. So he actually threw two more interceptions in 2018. And, and you know, he, he's a guy who reclassified. Um, you know, as a as a freshman in 2016, um, you know, two time team captain. He'll be a third uh, team captain the, uh, this year. And uh, you know, when you look at at this guy, he's all over the place in some of his games. But you know, that Clemson game. You know, if you got a chance to watch him play Clemson, uh, you know, granted they lost 56-35, but man, this guy led the Gamecocks. Uh, you know, led that offense and, and should be proud of the performance. Uh, 32 of 50. Uh, which is 64% completion percentage, 510 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. You know, really move the ball well. Uh, a guy who who can air it out has a big arm. 
Um, but again, consistency um, with, with his accuracy, you know, and, and not make you know that decision making. He really needs to work on that. Uh, Joe Burrow out of LSU, you know, a guy who came from Ohio State, uh, you know, really got his first crack at, at starting there in 2018 with the Tigers. Team captain, SEC honor roll, uh, you know, was the Fiesta Bowl offensive player of the game. Uh, you know, just 57.8% completion percentage, but 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, threw for nearly 2,900 yards, um, you know, over just actually just under 400 yards on the ground. This is a guy, you know, when I look at LSU, they're, they're, they've been lacking a quarterback to really lead them through the SEC. And this could be the guy. You know, I, I think Joe Burrow is a guy who is a leader. Um, like I said, you know, he was an Ohio State grad transfer, um, transferred in, became a team captain. You know, really rallied the troops there. And uh, you know, I, I think with him, there's no question he's the starter. He's the leader. Um, you know, if Ed Orgeron really wants to take that team to the next level, it's going to start there with Joe Burrow. So SEC also had a couple of guys transfer in that people are definitely going to be keeping their eye on. First is Kelly Bryant. Name should sound familiar. The 6'4", 220-pound quarterback started his his, uh, his career there at Clemson. You know, and he really, you know, playing behind Deshaun Watson, got his first chance uh, in 2017. Um, you know, 65.8% completion percentage, over 2,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, and, uh, and eight interceptions um, on the season. Now... You know, 11 of the 14 games were over 60%. Five were over 7, 7%. I'm sorry, 70%. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who is definitely, he's he's a burner. You know, over 600 yards and 11 touchdowns in that, uh, in, in 2017. A guy who, who makes, was making plays all over the field, um, you know, with his athleticism. But, you know, a guy who, you know, struggled at times to really see the field, you know, needed to, to make plays, struggled mightily in the national championship game. You know, Deshaun Watson, I think the T- Clemson Tiger fans were used to having a guy really take control of that game. He went 50% completion, 18 to 36, 124 yards, two interceptions, 19 carries, 19 yards, sacked five times. They lose 24 to six, two field goals. One in the second, one in the third quarter. So after that, it was it was only a matter of time before Trevor Lawrence um, was was taking over that starting spot. And so Kelly Bryant goes on the uh, the, the tour to take a look at, at where he's going to go. He's going to match up with with Derek Dooley in that offense, and uh, you know he's he's got the arm strength, um, you know, and and the the athletic ability to really perform well in Derek Dooley's offense. He's going to have Albert. O- uh, Oebunum to throw the football to and has some receivers who really, you know, cut their teeth a little bit with Drew Locke a season ago. Um, so that'll be interesting if, if he can really get going. Missouri is going to be a tough out for anyone in the SEC. Vanderbilt. We're talking about a Vanderbilt quarterback. You know, Kyle Shermer is, is, is no longer with the Commodores. In steps Riley Neal, a Ball State transfer. This was a kid, you know, and, and uh, you know, when you, when you look at him, um, you know, he, he's a, a fifth year senior, um, you know, was injured in, uh, in 2017, bounced back, um, you know, career 60% completion percentage, you know, in last, last season, just 57.9%, um, just over, uh, you know, 19, 1900 yards, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, you know, here's the deal with, with, with Riley Neal in, in 2016, he injured his knee 
injured his shoulder in 2017 before the season. Uh, tibial plateau injury, you know, with his knee forced him to redshirt, and then in 2018 he left with a you know a left knee injury. Only played in nine games. So this is a guy has to stay healthy. You know, but he's somebody who, again, over 7,300 yards, passing, 46 touchdowns, needs to cut, cut down on the interceptions. You know, he has 25 um, you know, in his career, but he had 12 uh, you know, in, in 2016. But he, here's the thing that I like about him. You know, he, he over you know, 1,000 yards on the ground, 15 touchdowns, um, running the football. You know, he throws a lot of fastballs. He lacks touch, but you know, the deep ball accuracy is definitely there. If he can get a little bit of that touch and anticipation, I want to see what this guy is going to do with some talent. You know, everybody talks about the Josh Allen rule that, hey, he was playing with inferior talent, didn't have the best offensive line, um, you know, and uh, his receivers, you know, were dropping passes and things like that. Well, guess what? Riley Neal has Keyshawn Vaughn at running back, has Kalijah Lipscomb at receiver, and Jared Pinkney at tight end. Three senior skill position players who are all going to be drafted pretty high in the draft you know in the first four rounds all three of those guys are going to hear their names called so you know Riley Neal could potentially have a huge year for Vandy you know and and, you know that's why I'm excited to see what he can do if he can stay healthy that's the biggest key if he can stay healthy he might be one of the sleepers there in the SEC so we talked about guys transferring into the SEC. How about guys transferring out of the SEC? Well, you take a look at the Big 12. Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma, uh, or you know, playing in Oklahoma now, 6'2", 218 pounds. They're at Alabama. And, uh, you know, when you look at what he did, you know, as a freshman, you know, over just under 63% completion percentage, uh, over... 2,700 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, nine interceptions, uh, just under a thousand yards rushing, thir- uh, 13 touchdowns uh, on the ground. Uh, in 2017, had seven games over 60% completion percentage, um, you know, 60.4% overall, um, just over 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, one interception. Um, you know, the, the seventh game of the year versus Arkansas was his only interception. Um, you know, the final seven games, 125 uh, attempts without an interception. Um, you know, three games with 100 yards, um, you know, on, on the ground. But uh, again, you know, they were down 13 nothing to Georgia in the national title game, replaced by Tua, and uh, Tua led them to victory. So really it was only a matter of time before uh, Jalen Hurts was going to move out. You know, when you look at Jalen, you know, uh, just under 63% completion percentage, 48 touchdowns, just 12 interceptions on the year, um, just under you know 2,000 yards on the ground, 23 touchdowns. You know, here's here's the thing with, with Jalen. You know, he's he's trying to follow in, in the footsteps of of Kyler Murray, who transferred from AM to the Sooners and ultimately won a Heisman Trophy. But here's the thing: he's not playing behind the same line that Kyler Murray has. He has a ton of skill position players. We can you know list a bunch of them off. Um, you know, and, and there's there's no doubt that he has the weapons, but the question is going to be that offensive line. You know, when he was playing at Alabama, he was playing behind one of the best lines in the country. This OU line, they're going to have to replace four starters up front. You know, Creed Humphrey, the center, is the only guy that's coming back. Is Jalen Hurts going to be up to the task? You know, and if, if Jalen Hurts ends up, you know, throwing for, for well over, you know, 3,000 yards, uh, just tears things up in, in the Big 12, then you know you really have to you know wonder what it is that Lincoln Riley is doing there in Norman, um, you know because you know, I look at Jalen Hurts, I think this is going to be his biggest project yet. 
So we're talking about the Big 12. We're staying there. We're going to go across the Red River and, and look at Sam Ellinger. You know, a, a junior, 6'3", 235 pounds. You know, here, here's the thing with, with Sam Ellinger. You know, he, he really performed well. You know, played in nine games there in 2017. And, uh, you know, just under, you know, 58% completion percentage, upped it to 64.7, over 3,200 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, just five interceptions, over uh, 400 yards on the ground, 16 touchdowns as well. Uh, you know, Big 12, all academic player, uh, first player with 25 passing touchdowns and 15 rushing touchdowns in 2018, um, six in the Power Five uh, in the last 20 years with that stat as well. Um, you know, 16 rushing touchdowns was the most at Texas, 10 of his 14 games over 60%. The thing that I really like about Sam Ellinger is the moxie, you know, the swagger with which he plays. You know, I think that's something that's infectious. You know, if you listen to my, my podcast, when, when we were talking about Baker Mayfield in, in, in 2018, it was all about what what was the team the team would run through a brick wall for that guy and, and I think that's the same thing that that he's building there at Texas. Keep an eye on Sam Ellinger if he has a big year he could be another one of those breakout performers. There's some dual threat quarterbacks that that we could be talking about as well. How about Khalil Tate out of Arizona six two two hundred fifteen pounds you know a, a guy who rushed for over fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns in twenty seventeen really struggled with an ankle injury in twenty eighteen. Uh, but still threw for over 2,500 yards, uh, 26 touchdowns, just eight interceptions. Um, look, Khalil Tate is a guy you know who is, has underrated arm strength. You know he can throw the ball 60, 65 yards you know with just a flick of a wrist. Um, but I, I think it's something Arizona he's really going to have to uh, step things up a little bit here in his in his senior season. You know, but you know, his pass efficiency was 23rd in the FBS and, and second in the Pac-12 at a 149.7. But look, his game he's really lethal when he's outside the pocket. You know, when you look at um, what Lamar Jackson has done, you know, not only at Louisville but you know with the Baltimore Ravens, Khalil Tate is looking to try to capture something similar to that. And, you know, when I look at him, you know, in, at Arizona, I look at a guy who used to be at Arizona State and Bryce Perkins at Virginia, you know, uh, in a very similar fashion. You know, 6'3", 210 pounds, uh, Bryce Perkins, over 60, uh, 64% passing, uh, just under 2,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, nine interceptions a season ago, 923 yards on the ground and nine touchdowns as well. I think that's one of the things that really stands out. He joined Kyler Murray as the only players with 2,600 passing yards and 900 rushing yards in 2018. Um, you know, he's somebody who is definitely, you know, dynamic, a guy that's kind of flying under the radar, had four 100 yard games on the ground, uh, three games with multi rushing, you know, uh, you know, with more than one rushing touchdown. Uh, Bryce Perkins is a guy that nobody's talking about and somebody who I think people need to be talking about a little bit more. And then one other guy, it's just a, a note to make mention of, he may not end up being a guy who's going to play uh, quarterback at the next level, but somebody who could potentially you know fill in. You know, you look at guys like, like Taysom Hill uh, at the next level, 6'2", 208-pound Nathan Rourke out of Ohio. You know, guy who's rushed for over 1,700 yards for the Bobcats, 36 touchdowns on the ground. He's also thrown for over 4,600 yards with 40 touchdowns, 15 interceptions as well. Um, I, I just don't know about you know his his ability to see the field. Uh, in 2018, he had four games below 50% completion percentage, um, but he's a tremendous athlete, a guy who actually has some some pretty good wheels to him. You know, average 6.5 yards per carry in his career. Um, somebody who I think could potentially play uh, at the next level, but not at quarterback. 
Uh, Mason Fine out of North Texas. Is he a Kyler Murray clone? Well, I, I think the, the, the two biggest things are he, he's also under five, uh, under six feet, 5'10", 5'11", um, and he's also from, from Oklahoma, uh, you know, born in, in Lo- Locust Grove, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, a guy, 63% completion percentage, uh, over 9,400 yards passing there at, at North Texas, 64 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. Look, in 2017, 31 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, wiped all of that out in, in 2018, improved his completion percentage each year that he was there as a senior, 27 touchdowns, just five interceptions. You know, 10th in the FBS in passing yards, uh, 291.8 passing yards per game, was ninth in the FBS, Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year, uh, nine games over 60% completion percentage, five games over 300 yards, you know, and, and two games over 400 yards. Here's the deal. You know, he's there with Seth Luttrell, but Graham Harrell's moved on to USC. Will North Texas, you know, what's that offense going to look like? Mason Fine, though, I think he'll be just he'll he'll be just fine. Um, he, he's not a runner, uh, you know, in his career, just 154 rushing yards. So that's really, you know, the comparisons with Kyler Murray, you know, really, you know, aren't justified. But he's a guy, he's got the moxie, he's got the swagger, he's a, he's a you know, undersized guy. But, you know, if you want to watch some exciting football, watch him, you know, watch that, that combo of him and Enrico Bussey there in, in Conference USA. Um, the biggest sleepers, though, at the quarterback position. How about Cole McDonald out of Hawaii? The 6'4", 220-pound junior stepped in as a senior, I'm sorry, as a starter uh, in his sophomore season, just under 59%, uh, over 3,800 yards passing, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, four uh, 300-yard passing games, three 400-yard passing games. Uh, you know, a guy who really, you know, stepped out and, and played very well. Seven games with three-plus touchdowns, including six against Navy, seven interceptions in his last five games, including two apiece in three of his last four games. Going to have to cut down on that, but, you know, a guy who you know, is going to start, you know, turning some heads there in the Mountain West Conference. But the biggest sleeper, the guy who may very well be the guy. We went through all these quarterbacks. The guy, I leave him for, you know, for last because he may be number four on my top ten, my first top ten, which I'll be releasing on my uh, website here in the next few weeks, is Jordan Love out of Utah State. 6'4", 225-pound junior, uh, you know, really burst onto the, to the scene there in 2018 as a sophomore. Uh, you know, 64% completion percentage, over 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, just six interceptions. When you talk about him, you, you see the high football IQ, a guy who just understands, just gets the game, the touch, the anticipation, throwing receivers open, understanding where the defense is going to be. If a guy's coming across the field, he's going to throw that guy, you know, throw it to the open window. You know, if, if he's crossing the face of the linebacker, he's going to wait for him to clear, get that ball, hit the guy in stride, and let him get up the field. You know, deep ball accuracy is absolutely there. Big arm, big you know, big arm quarterback. Uh, Jordan Love, you know, keep an eye on him there at, at Utah State. Here's the deal. You know, Utah State is transitioning from Matt Wells, who's going to Texas Tech. Gary Anderson's coming in again for another another go around there at, at Utah State. They're losing a lot of guys, you know, a lot of skill position players, and losing guys up front on the offensive line. If Jordan Love can have a big year despite all of those issues. You might really have something, and Jordan Love may very well look to come out uh, after his junior season. So we're done with the quarterbacks. You know, we got through all the quarterbacks, and we're going to go ahead and move on and take a look at uh, at the running back position. Now, when we talk about running backs, we only have one running back taken in round number one a season ago, and that was Josh Jacobs going number 24 overall to Oakland. But we still had 25 running backs taken in the draft. You know, that's, you know, that's an uptick from 21 in 2018 
Um, you know, but you know, 2017, we actually saw uh, 30 running backs taken. And if you go back even in, in the 2016, you know, 23 running backs. So, you know, it's one of that ebb and flow type of a deal. Um, you know, but the, the, the thing with the running back position, what they have to really start looking at is you've got guys like Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott that are demanding new contracts or they're going to be traded. You know, and they're not even, you know, in Ezekiel's case, he's not even, uh, you know, he still has two years left on his deal. He's kind of out of order in terms of requesting a new deal. Are teams more willing to take a running back in round number one, or are they going to be looking at taking guys you know, later on in the draft? You know, Cleveland got Nick Chubb in round number two in 2018. You saw what he did for them. Um, you know, and if you look at at the draft prior to that, you know, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara was a, was a third round pick. Joe Mixon a second round pick. Uh, so you look at at the running back position. You might be able to get guys later on in the draft. You know, guys like Damian Harris in this past year's draft, taken in round number three. Miles Sanders in round number two. Um, you know, let's see Bryce Love and, and Justice Hill taken in round number four. Uh, you know, let's see uh, Daryl Henderson, David Mon- uh, Montgomery, Devin Singletary all taken in round number three, and then my sleeper Travion Williams taken in number uh, in round number six by the Bengals. A lot of those guys could potentially make an impact there at, at the next level. So when you're looking for these running backs, especially in this passing league, you're going to be looking for guys who can catch the football out of the backfield. And our top two cor- uh, t- top two running backs just don't do that. The first one is Travis Etienne, you know, and I think when you talk about him, he's one of the more explosive running backs, um, you know, that that we have here in the country. Over 1,600 yards uh, on the ground, um, you know, a, a season ago, just caught 12 passes for 78 yards. Um, you know, so th- there's an issue there in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield. He was seventh in the Heisman voting, eight games over 100 yards, including 27 carries, 203 yards, and three touchdowns against Syracuse. Was a Doak Walker Award finalist, ACC Player of the Year, All American, first team All ACC, first Clemson back to back. You know, I'm sorry, back to back to back. Uh, three touchdown games since Travis Zachary in 1999. Uh, did that against Syracuse, Wake Forest, and NC State. Um, you know, ACC championship game MVP with 12 carries, 156 yards and two touchdowns, including a 75 yard touchdown on the opening play. Um, so there's no question that he's dynamic. He has that speed, has that next gear, a guy who's going to make you miss in the open field, the lateral agility and quickness, but you really want to see what he can do catching the football out of the backfield. Um, you know, and, and the, the other guy that we have to talk about is, is Jonathan Taylor. You know, this guy, he's 5'11", 221 pounds, the, the junior out of Wisconsin. And when you talk about him, you know, he was a Doak Walker Award winner in, in 2018, joining the likes of Ron Dane uh, and, you know, uh, the Badger running backs, Ron Dane in 99, Monty Ball in, in, in 2012, Melvin Gordon in 2014, 10th unanimous All-American uh, for the Badgers, joining Dane and Gordon, led the nation in rushing 168.8 rushing yards per game, the third highest total in two years um, at 41.71. Um, Melvin Gordon had 41.96 uh, in 2013-14, and, and Troy Davis 41.95 in 90, uh, 95-96. Uh, the 41.71 yards are the most through the sophomore season that beat Ron Dane's 35-66 and Herschel Walker 35.07. Those are the only other running backs to hit 35 yard 3,500 yards in their first two seasons. Fourth player in FBS history with back-to-back 1,900-yard games. 
uh, as well. So, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on with, with this kid. Uh, academic, all Big 12 as well. Um, you know, 100 yards in 12 of his 13 games. Uh, went from 1,977 yards as a freshman to over 2,100 yards, 2,194, um, you know, and, and 29 touchdowns in the two seasons, but just 16 receptions. You know, and, and it's one of those things to where I don't want to necessarily say that that the fact that they don't catch the football out of the backfield is going to automatically, uh, pro, you know, really eliminate them from first round contention because that's that's not the case at all. Melvin Gordon was a guy who did not catch the football out of the backfield much at all, and and he was a guy who still was taken, uh, you know, with the. 15th overall pick by the Chargers uh, back in 2015. So when you're talking about the running backs, these guys may not go top 10, but you know when you're looking at the 11 to 20, 25 round, you know, pick range, that's probably what their wheelhouse is going to be. I think both of them will probably end up uh, being selected ahead of where Josh Jacobs went number 24 overall to the Raiders uh, a season ago. Um, you know, so I, I think that's really what I, I see out of those two. I think there are a few other running backs who have a chance to sneak into that first round conversation. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, 5'9", 215 pound junior, uh, you know, the, the lightning to Elijah Holyfield's thunder, uh, a guy who, you know, the lateral quickness, the vision to see the holes and, and really hit the cutback lane, put his foot into the ground and, and, and get north and south in a hurry. Uh, you know, a, a guy who also, when he got to the edge, loved that stiff arm, you know, would just really drive a guy. Um, over a thousand yards rushing despite sharing the backfield with uh, uh, Holyfield, just 163 carries, uh, 10 touchdowns. And here's the difference between him and some of the other guys. 49 receptions in his career, 32 uh, th- this past season. And, uh, you know, he only started five of, of the 14 games, have four 100-yard uh, uh, rushing games, including three, um, three straight against Florida, Auburn. Um, let's see. I lost it. I lost the team. But but he's he's a guy you know eight games with multi receptions, um, including had a, a six uh, six reception game for sixty three yards and a touchdown against Alabama, um, you know and so sharing the backfield um, is you know something that uh, that he had to do there at Georgia. He's going to be the guy now and really going to be interesting to see what he can do. Thirty seven missed tackles according to Pro Football Focus as well. Um, you know how about J.K. Dobbins there for for. Uh, Ohio State, 5'10", 214 pounds, really burst onto the scene as a freshman, over 1,400 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, also 22 receptions, uh, catching the football out of the backfield. You know, the first uh, Ohio State running back over 1,000 yards as a freshman uh, and sophomore years, excuse me, one more 1,000-yard season would tie Archie Griffin for 3,000-yard seasons, um, 26 starts, uh, 13 consecutive games with the with the reception, uh, 20 of... Uh, uh, of his 22 as well, nine 100 yard rushing games. Um, you know, and in those nine, nine games where he went over 100 yards, Ohio State was nine and oh in those games, by the way. Uh, 2018, again, over a thousand yards on the ground, 10 touchdowns, uh, 26 receptions as well. You know, shows, you know, pretty soft hands catching the football. Um, you know, he, he had to share the backfield with Mike Weber. Now he's the guy. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he, the offense was different when J.K. J.K. Dobbins was in the backfield versus Mike Weber, and uh, I really want to see what he can do there for for Ryan Day uh, there in the uh, in, in the Big Ten. Now, Eno Benjamin 
out of Arizona State, a guy that, you know, people are talking about Cam Akers um, of Florida State, who we'll get to here in a second. But Eno Benjamin uh, is a guy that I think is on the verge of really bursting and, you know, uh, and really uh, the coming out party. Uh, 5'11", 200 pounds, uh, 201 pounds out of Arizona State, only a junior, uh, you know, sat behind uh, Demario Richard and, I'm sorry, Demario Richard and and uh, and Kalen Bellage, um in 2017. But in 2018, third-team All-American, first-team All-Pac-12, first ASU running back in the top 10 in rushing, nine 100-yard rushing games, including 312 yards and three touchdowns against Oregon State. Um, over 100 yards in five of his last six games and only three games without multiple receptions. Um, you know, when you talk about him, 35 receptions, 263 yards, two touchdowns to go with 300 uh, carries on the ground, over 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. I think the thing with, you know, Benjamin is, you know, he, he may not be the biggest guy, but he's so difficult to, to tackle. He runs with a low pad level and it's the spin moves. You know, he, he seems to avoid contact. He seems to spin out of contact. Uh, a guy, you know, makes it very difficult to tackle a guy with that low center of gravity, really drops his hips and spins out of out of contact. Uh, you know, a, a guy who can be very frustrating um, for guys to, uh, to go up against. Um, Pro Football Focus noted 94 missed tackles. That's third in the FBS. Uh, 31 explosive runs. Uh, that's just fifth amongst uh, running backs. And uh, rushed for 81 first downs, which was third in the FBS. So, you know, Eno Benjamin, somebody to really keep an eye on, as is Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Talked about him earlier, 5'10", 215 pounds, transfer from Illinois, sat out 2017. 2018 was his first year in 12 games, over 1,200 yards on the ground, just under eight uh, yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, just 13 intercept. Uh, I'm sorry, 13 um, receptions. Second most rushing yards in 2018 in in, uh, in Vandy history. Um, let's see, ten rushes of 40 yards, um, six rushes of, of 60 yards, um, you know, which was first among all SEC rushers. Five 100-yard games. This is a guy who was just a burner. And uh, you know, Vandy playing against Alabama. Um, I really wanted to see a, a help, what a healthy Keyshawn Vaughn could do against that Bama defense. He was really running the ball well, and then uh, you know, battled an ankle injury and really kind of sputtered after that. But you know, Vandy, you know, with a healthy Keyshawn Vaughn, keep out, keep an eye out for them there in the SEC, especially if Riley Neal can can take the helm there at quarterback. They could be a team to watch. Uh, I think Derek Mason has something cooking there. I mentioned Cam Akers, and this is a guy. You know, rushed for over a thousand yards as a freshman, uh, broke Dalvin Cook's freshman rushing rushing record. You know, thousand twenty five yards, seven touchdowns, added sixteen receptions in the passing game. Uh, third team All uh, ACC as well, um, nine games with a reception. And then in twenty eighteen, the first game, you know, first season under Willie Taggart, um, you know, twelve games, ten starts, just over seven hundred yards, six touchdowns, added twenty three receptions. He's someone who likes to get out on the perimeter. Um, you know, I want to really see him be more physical. You know, he's he's 5'11", 210 pounds. Um, I, I want to see him really dr- lower those pads and really be more physical. And the other thing too is, you know, seeing that cutback lane. He he wanted to take the ball and, and bounce it outside and, and would miss some of those lanes. Yeah, and that's something that I, I think was a little frustrating watching Cam Akers. You know, I thought he regressed a little bit from from 2017 to 2018. So I think the pressure's on for him to really have a breakout season if he's going to want to be in the conversation in the first couple of rounds of the draft. So now we'll move into to some other guys who I think could be uh, day two picks. 
Uh, potentially, you know, top of day three. Um, you know, AJ Dillon out of Boston College, six foot, two hundred forty-five pound junior. Look, you know, this guy as a freshman, over fifteen hundred yards on the ground and fourteen touchdowns, was a first-team All-ACC selection. Uh, you know, played in just, let's see, um, longest run. Let's see, seventy-five yards against against Louisville. Um, you know, was ACC Rookie of the Year, seventh in the FBS, and second in, um, by a freshman in rushing, most by a freshman in, in Boston College history. Um, you know, four games of 190 plus yards and, and seven games over 100 yards rushing. Um, you know, and then he added in uh, in 2018 in just 10 games, um, 1100 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns, just eight receptions though. Um, it was the first BC running back with a thousand yards in each of his first two seasons. Um, but he battled injuries, battled that, that high ankle sprain and really that limited his effectiveness. Um, he's so physical between the tackles, the guy who's going to run you over. But then when he gets in the open field, you know, they, they say that he runs a four, five forty, and, and he's a guy who's running away from defenders. So I, I can absolutely see that, you know, but you want to have AJ Dillon healthy. If BC is going to, to make any noise in the ACC, they need a, a healthy AJ Dillon. And, uh, you know, it, that, that's going to be the key for them. I think, um, you know, Najee Harris at, a, at a Alabama, he's the guy now. 6'2", 230 pounds, the junior. Um, you know, when you look at him in, in, in 2018, um, you know, 18 carries. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. 18 carries of 12 plus yards. Um, you know, and 37 of those uh, of his total rushes resulted in a first down or a touchdown. Only three games with double digit carries. Um, you know, and still able to pull out the 783 yards on the ground. Uh, when you look at the the rushing totals, uh, you know, Damian Harris 876 yards on the ground um, and five touch. Let's see, 5.8 yards per carry, uh, nine touchdowns and 22 receptions. Josh Jacobs, uh, 640 yards on the ground, 5.3 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns and 20 receptions. And then Najee Harry, 783 yards on the ground. He was actually second among the running backs in rushing, uh, you know, 6.7 yards per carry, uh, which was higher than any of those running backs. Four touchdowns, just four receptions. Really want to see what he can do in the passing game. That running back starting job is his. But the, the bigger running backs there at Alabama, I think of a guy like Bo Scarborough. You know, I, I want to make sure that Najee Harris is not that type of guy. I want to make sure that he's going to be someone who uh, is going to have a breakout game. Some of the other running backs to keep an eye on. Uh, how about Spencer Brown out of UAB? Um, you know, the the junior is a guy that, that's really going to have them playing well. You know, Reggie Corbin there at Illinois, Josh Cron, uh, Jordan Cronkite. You know, moving from from Florida to to USF. Um, you know, has a home run hitting potential. Joshua Kelly out of UCLA kind of came out of nowhere, transferring from UC Davis to to the Bruins, uh, coming off of a big thousand yard season. How about Zach Moss at Utah? You know, was primed for a big year before he went down to injury. Um, you know, Michael Pirine no longer sharing the backfield with with Jordan Scarlett there at Florida. Uh, how about Larry Roundtree out of Missouri? You know, a guy who I think could have a big year, especially if Kelly Bryant has a a, a big year there at the quarterback position. Trey Sermon there for OU. Juwan Washington out of San Diego State, really known more for special teams prowess, um, just five seven, but a, a guy who can make plays. Then how about Michael Warren uh, there at Cincinnati, a guy who was just you know he's nicknamed the truck 
and a guy who just runs people over. If you want to watch a guy who just knows how to carry the football, watch Michael Warren uh, there for the Bearcats. You know, I don't know that he's going to gain enough momentum to be a guy who's going to come out in, in uh, the, for the 2020 draft, but a guy to keep an eye on. He has soft hands out of the backfield as well. To me, Michael Warren is going to be one of those sleeper running backs who you know, has a chance to be a, a breakout star in 2019. So we've talked about the quarterbacks and the running backs. Let's get to those receivers, shall we? You know, this receiving core in, in this year's draft, you know, when you talk about it, it it's one of those that, that kind of leaves you turning your head, just, you know, turning heads just a little bit. Um, last season we had, you know, 28 uh, receivers taken in, in the draft, only two in round number one. Um, you know, a year before that, just two, uh, you know, taken in round number one in 2017, we had just three. You actually have to go back a ways to find a draft where you had, you know, in 2016, you have four wide receivers taken. Um, and it was really that 2015 draft of Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Brashad Perriman, Philip Dorsett, they had one, two, three, four, five, six taken there in 2015. And that was on the heels of, of arguably one of the best um, drafts for a receiver, you know, the receivers. Um, you, know, you had uh, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, uh, Odo Beckham Jr., Brandon Cooks, Kelvin Benjamin all go in round number one. Then you have Marquise Lee, Jordan Matthews, um, you know, Paul Richardson, Devontae Adams, you know, in, in mid-round two pick, uh, Allen Robinson, J- Jarvis Landry, so many names there in 2014, 2015, um, you know, a little step below that. But, you know, a, a, the last couple of years we haven't seen uh, the, the receiving core. You know, there are legitimately six to seven receivers who can be first-round receivers. Most of them are, are underclassmen, too, by the way. And the first one is Jerry Judy. You know, this is a guy, um, you know, in all, you know, a reception in all 23 games played. He was a Blitnikoff winner there in, in 2018. Consensus first team All-American, first team All-ACC, I'm sorry, SEC. 14 touchdowns on the year, just too shy of Amari Cooper's record of 16 in 2014. Um, you know, 19.3 yards per reception. That was a single season record at Bama. When you think about that, that's the likes of Amari Cooper and and uh, uh, Julio Jones. You know, you're talking about uh, you know elite company with with what you're talking about there. Four plus receptions in 11 of his 15 games. Uh, two games with with five receptions. Three games with six receptions, and then had eight receptions against LSU. Five 100 yard game performances as well. Uh, four games with with multiple touchdowns, 68 receptions on the year, over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. Um, here's the deal with with uh, with Jerry Judy. He's a vertical threat, absolutely. A guy who can you know can really take the top off a of defense, but you know usually you have a receiver who is either you know uh, quicker than fast, or a guy who can be a vertical threat but really can't break down and run routes. Jerry Judy's scary because he can do both. He can take the top off the defense, but he's also has that wiggle to you, you know, to him, to where he he's going to leave a guy in the dust. His, his ability to run routes so crisp, so sharp, you know, dropping the hips and, and being able to really sink, uh, sink those hips in, in and cut in and out of his his breaks so uh, effortlessly. Um, you know, he, he just understands how to run routes. 
he's a guy who is going to challenge he's going to be a top 10 pick and uh and we haven't had a receiver taking in number one overall since Keyshawn Johnson um is Jerry Judy going to be that guy probably not um but he's definitely going to be in consideration to be a a, a top five wide out look you know Julio Jones you know he, he's in that type of conversation right now um after after Jerry Judy, how about C.D. Lamb out of uh, out of Oklahoma, six two, one hundred eighty nine pounds. This junior, um, twenty seven straight games played with a with a reception. Was a freshman All American in twenty seventeen, playing with uh, with Baker Mayfield, fourteen games, thirteen starts, seventeen point five yards per per reception, which was third among freshmen. Um, and really, it was twenty eighteen. You know, it was a second team All Big Twelve selection. Started thirteen games, five games of hundred yards receiving. Uh, gave OU its first duo with a uh, thousand yards uh, receiving with with Marquise Brown, and it was one of those things. Marquise Brown was the guy who was uh, you know electrifying and would take the top off of a defense, but he struggled with injuries. And the guy who's the more reliable target was C.D. Lamb. This was a guy who has a, a tremendous catch radius, a guy who can make plays down the field for you, um, you know, a red zone option as well, a tremendous leaper, 50-50 balls galore, uh, 65 receptions, um, over 1,100 yards. 11 touchdowns, 17.8 yards per reception in 2018, catching passes from Kyler Murray. Uh, C.D. Lamb is primed for a big year. Keep an eye out for for C.D. Lamb there with the Sooners. LaVisca Chennault out of Colorado. This junior, uh, in just nine games, 86 receptions, over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, also, you know, on the ground was a weapon, you know, 17 carries, 115 yards and five touchdowns as well. You know, was was named, uh, you know, an All-American, All-Pac-12 selection, set 12 Colorado records, uh, but you know, he injured his foot against USC, missed 3 games and came back for his final 3 games after that. Only player in the country with five rushing and receiving touchdowns. Um, double-digit receptions in um, in five of his games, nine receptions and two more, no fewer than five receptions in a game. Um, but just five games with double-digit yards per reception. He was a guy who you know caught a lot of his passes, um, you know, in the in the in the short to, to intermediate range, and was a guy if he was able to break uh, break a run for a long one, then then watch out. You know, he, he was a guy who would catch catch a lot of those those short passes. Um, you know, I really want to see him run more routes in in the route tree um, when he's so much fun to watch. Uh, when he has the ball in his hands, runs a lot like a running back, and he's built like one. You know, six two, two hundred twenty pounds, Lavisca Chenault, uh, T. Higgins out of Clemson. You know, the next big, you know, really good big Clemson receiver, six four, two hundred pounds, fifty nine receptions, nine hundred thirty six yards, and twelve touchdowns a season ago. Second team All ACC, uh, fifteen starts, eight games with with at least four receptions. Um, three uh, receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown against AM, eight receptions for 119 yards and a touchdown against NC State, and six receptions for 142 yards and a touchdown against uh, South Carolina. Ten games with a touchdown, had two stretches with four, con- uh, four consecutive games with a touchdown, and between that, you know, those were the two games that he had without a touchdown. Uh, T. Higgins, a big guy, uh, again another guy who's going to win the 50-50 balls, has uh, you know a huge catch radius. You know he and Justin Ross, you know with with Trevor uh, Lawrence and uh, gosh, um, Travis Etienne running the football. That's that's a scary 
scary uh, you know core there nucleus for Dabo Sweeney there with with Clemson. Um, I'm going to give you a guy that you know people aren't talking about as much, uh, but Jalen Rager out of TCU deserves to be in that first round conversation. You know, we talk about guys like you know like Marquise Brown and where he's at. Jalen Rager is a guy who I think is just as dynamic as Marquise uh, Marquise Brown was for OU. 5'11", 195 pounds, but the junior for the Horn Frogs, uh, you know, freshman All American in 2017. Uh, Big 12 co-freshman of the year, team high in yards and touchdowns, you know, 576 yards, eight touchdowns, um, you know, and a guy who, who also, you know, could, could return the ball a little bit as well, but it's really 2018 that he really put his stamp on, on, on things. You know, his teammates voted him as, a, as an MVP, uh, the first you know, wide receiver uh, since Corey Rogers in, in 2004, 44 of his 72 receptions went for a first down or a touchdown. Um, led the Big 12 in percentage of total receptions for his team. So 30.1%. That's 72 of, of the 239 total receptions. First wide receiver in Big 12 history with 100 rush yards and 90 rush yards in, in a game. That was in a 31-24 win over Oklahoma State. The sixth FBS player since 1996 and the first since uh, since Dexter, Dexter McCluster in 2009 to do that. Ten of his 13 games with four-plus receptions. Um, you know, had eight receptions, uh, 17 yards and a touchdown in one game, uh, you know, and then 11 receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown against West Virginia for his two 100-yard uh, games. Seven consecutive games with a touchdown. Um, and, and, you know, I think those are things that really stand out, you know, um, you know, for, for a guy like Jalen Rager, just so dynamic, over a thousand yards receiving, you know, nine touchdowns uh, on, on the year, also 13 carries and, and two more touchdowns to his credit. Um, so explosive, uh, especially in and out of his breaks, a guy who can take the top off of a defense, a guy who, you know, going to line up in the slot, could potentially be a weapon on the outside to, you know, really be that vertical threat. You know, when you're talking about speed, you talk about Jalen Rager. You got to talk about Henry Ruggs III out of Alabama, six foot, 183 pounds, the junior, uh, very explosive. Um, you know, his 11 touchdowns tied for second in the SEC. Five games with four plus receptions. Six more games with three receptions. Um, you know, this is a guy who you know, 46 receptions, 741 yards, 16.1 yards per reception. Uh, you know, a, a guy who. You know, nine games with the touchdown for for Bama, including five straight games. The speed, you know, I, I think that's really the biggest thing. He's going to be that vertical threat, and uh, you know, if Jerry Judy you know, was breaking off some of his routes, you know, then you can have Henry Ruggs the third going over the top. Um, but but these aren't the only receivers that are going to be you know you, you want to keep an eye out for. How about Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State? Six foot, 185 pounds. The junior was the Blitnikoff Award finalist. Um, garnered you know first and second team All America honors. Um, academic All Big Twelve as well. Led the nation with 63 receptions with uh, you know 10 plus yards. Second with uh, you know 25 receptions of 20 plus yards. Um, you know, somebody who I think is a dynamic route runner, guy who knows how to get open, um, really just burst onto the scene. Only played in five games in, in 2017. Uh, I'm sorry, 13 games. Um, had four games with the reception. Uh, but in 2018, 86 receptions, 1,491 yards, and 12 touchdowns. 
staying in the Big 12. You know, Big 12, there are a lot of big-time receivers. How about Colin Johnson in Texas? This is a guy who knows how to finish. Uh, you know, a guy who's going to win those 50-50 balls and it's difficult to bring down. 6'6", 220 pounds, uh, 150 receptions in his career, over 2,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. This was a guy I was really waiting for him to have that, that breakout season in 2017, frankly. Um, and, and really what he did was, you know, had 100 yards in two of his first three games, uh, seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown versus Maryland, and then seven receptions for 191 yards uh, versus USC. Then he just goes over 60 yards twice after that. You know, just really struggled to put things together. I think in 2018, he was the second leading receiver for, for the Longhorns, sharing uh, the, the receptions with uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Um, but a guy who, you know, he had some breakout games. You know, uh, 124 yards on seven receptions with a touchdown against TCU, 11 receptions, 132 yards and a touchdown against Baylor, uh, eight receptions, 177 yards and a touchdown versus OU in the Big 12 championship. So those were some big games against some big competition. And he thrived. He shined. He's going to be the guy there uh, for Sam Ellinger. And if Texas wants to go anywhere, they're ranked in the top 10 right now in the coaches' poll. If Texas really wants to go anywhere, Colin Johnson is going to have to step up and really be the guy that's that's going to take charge. You know, there are a lot of really good receivers in the Big 12. If he wants to be that, you know, a top, you know, considered one of the top receivers, he's going to have to outplay some of those guys and really have a you know a bigger game than a lot of his competition. Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, 6'2", 200 pounds. Not all that often that you talk about a, a receiver from Minnesota. Um, but you know, that's changing here with Tyler Johnson, uh, 78 receptions, 1,169 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Um, you know, First team all Big Ten, the first Minnesota wide receiver to do that since 2009. Six 100-yard receiving game, including a stretch of four games in a row. Uh, school records in both yards and touchdowns. Enters the game uh, the, the season with 23 straight games with a reception. Um, you know, 12 of 13 games with four plus receptions had 11 receptions for 184 yards against Nebraska and three touchdowns. Um, I, I look at Tyler Johnson. He's a guy who I, I think he's so difficult to jam. I think he, the, the release off the line does such a good job, um, you know, setting up a, the, the, the corner and really getting a good release. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. He, he's not a burner per se, but he knows how to get open. He's very savvy in that, you know, again, he can beat press coverage off the line and uh, he knows how to get open, does a really good job with his route running ability as well. Big hands, a guy who can catch the ball, um, you know, on those 50-50 balls as well. Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, another veteran wide receiver, uh, this time in the SEC, 6'3", 220 pounds, um, second leading receiver in 2018 to, to, to Debo Samuel, um, over 846 yards, you know, uh, 55 receptions, seven touchdowns, led uh, the, the team in receiving in 2017 uh, with 64 catches, just 793 yards and five touchdowns. Um, but, you know, a freshman All-America in, in 2016, he was a freshman All-ACC, um, you know, that basically had eight receptions you know for 101 yards to start his career against Vanderbilt uh, that was his only game over 100 yards in in, uh, in 2016 um, since then you know has four more 100 yard games under his belt uh, no more Debo Samuel Brian Edwards this is your time to shine you and Jake Bentley 
you know, if the Gamecocks want to go anywhere offensively, that's he's going to have to have a big year. He's going to have to go over a thousand yards. If we really want to take him seriously in the first three rounds of the draft, that's what we need to see. We need to see the big play potential. We need to see what he can really do down the football field, um, and, and we really want to see him showcase his hands. Aaron Fuller out of out of Washington, um, you know, a, a guy 5'11", 183 pounds. Um, 58 receptions, 874 yards, four touchdowns this past season, um, four 100-yard um, games receiving, catching the ball uh, from, from Jake Browning. He's going to be the number one target for Jacob Eason. He's going to be a guy that you're going to want to keep an eye out for, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, Someone who I think can potentially uh, be a breakout star there in the Pac-12. Um, Chase Claypool out of, out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 227-pound, uh, receiver, uh, another big-bodied guy th- there for Ian Book with the Irish, uh, was the second-leading receiver to Miles Boykin. And again, Chase Claypool is going to be the guy that Ian Book is going to be looking to. You know, Miles Boykin was able to really perform a season ago and really showcased um, his ability to make plays down the field. We need Chase Claypool to do that you know, for Notre Dame. Uh, Kendrick Rogers out of, out of Texas A&M, um, potential breakout guy. Uh, 6'3", 210 pounds, excellent range, you know, his, his athleticism. But he's only played in 14 games there for the Aggies. So he's someone, um, you know, I could see him potentially coming out, but he's going to have to have a big year and he's going to have to stay healthy. Um, there's a trio of guys there at Michigan. Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, you know, he's going to be the speedster, 6'2", 208 pounds, uh, you know, a, a guy who, uh, you know, was a all-Big Ten receiver and punt returner. Um, you know, really known for, for being able to do both, um, had two punt returns for touchdown, um, not really, you know, staggering numbers there, um, for Michigan, but, uh, very explosive receiver. Nico Collins is, is, uh, the 6'4", 220 pound, smooth, athletic receiver, um, huge catch radius as well. And then there's Sarek Black, who's coming back from injury, um, you know, there's a trio of guys, you know, Shea Patterson, you know, you're going to see him spread the football around P uh, you know, DPJ as, as I, as I take my notes, that's what I write every time, you know, I'm noting Donovan Peoples Jones, he's a junior, but you know, there's a chance he could come out if he has a big year. USC's Michael Pittman, 6'4", 215 pounds. This is a guy who, you know, has huge range. You know, this is a guy, you know, he was dealing, you know, first he was catching passes from Sam Darnold. Then he was catching passes from JT Daniels. A lot of passes this last season. You know, Michael Pittman had to single-handedly bail out his quarterback. They were underthrown. He was a guy who had to go back for the football. A lot of 50-50 balls. Michael Pittman is a guy to, to be on the lookout for there in the Pac-12. He has a chance to, to really be a star uh, there for the Trojans, you know, but he is coming off of postseason shoulder surgery, so that is a big concern. Um, but look, you're always looking for guys who can play on special teams. He has a couple of block punts to his credit, also has 14 career tackles as well, so he prides himself on being able to wrap guys up. I mentioned Kalaja Lipscomb earlier out of Vandy, 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, you know, this was a guy who, you know, 87 receptions, you know, a season ago led the SEC. Four receptions or, or more in, in 12 of 13 games, uh, nine plus receptions in four straight games. 
had 10 receptions for 85 yards and two touchdowns against Nevada, 11 receptions for 89 yards versus Notre Dame, nine receptions for 72 yards against South Carolina, and nine receptions for 174 yards and two touchdowns against Texas, or I'm sorry, against Tennessee State. Um, you know, a, a guy who, you know, Riley Neal is going to be looking for Kalijah Lipscomb, and he's probably the best SEC receiver that nobody is talking about. And uh, I think that's going to change here in 2019. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Demetrius Robinson there in, in, in uh, uh, Robertson there in Georgia, the junior six foot, 190 pounds. A lot of people are expecting big things um, out of him. Had an unspecified injury there in 2018. Didn't see action in nine of 14 games, um, but uh, didn't catch a pass. You know, had just four carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. That was a 27.3 yard per carry average. Um, As a freshman in 2016, um, 50 receptions, 767 yards, and seven touchdowns. So that really kind of um, was kind of his breakout year. In 2017, though, had uh, you know an injury and a medical redshirt, lower body lower body injury that required season-ending surgery. Wound up transferring there to Georgia after that. Um, you know, another transfer, Van Jefferson, uh, 6'2", 197 pounds, went to Florida from, uh, from Ole Miss, uh, the son of Sean Jefferson, you know, there in, in Fort Florida, led the Gators in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, a speed demon there on the outside, expecting big things from him. K.J. Hill out of Ohio State, I should have mentioned him much sooner. He's a guy, needs just 48 receptions to break David Boss's rece- uh, reception record of 191. Um, you know, 39 games, just four starts. You know, th- and this was a crowded receiving core. I mean, when you think about it, Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell, uh, you know, Austin Mack, there are a lot of receivers that are catching passes there. Um, for Ohio State and KJ Hill, still just 48 receptions away from breaking David Boston's record. You know, a guy who has has the speed, good route running ability as well. Um, you know, nine catches, 187 yards, and two touchdowns versus Minnesota. Um, you know, a guy who I think is is prime for a breakout season. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him, uh, his name called early in uh, the 2020 draft. Denzel Mims of Baylor, over a thousand yards in 2017. He's a guy to watch out for. Six three, two hundred eight pounds. Juwan Johnson, um, kind of an enigma there for for Penn State. Um, you know, was a guy who showed flashes but struggled with injuries and, and drops. Tr- uh, transfers to Oregon as a grad transfer. Really going to be interesting to see what he can do with Justin Herbert. You know, it, he could potentially be, um, you know, a, a sleeper pick there. 6'4", 231 pounds. He's got to put it all together, though. Uh, Temple has a has an explosive receiver uh, there in the American Athletic Conference. Isaiah Wright, 6'2", 220 pounds. A guy who, you know, is a dynamic kick and punt returner. Um, you know, had two kick returns for touchdowns, three punt returns for touchdowns. Um, you know, while also, you know, recording over 1,000 yards receiving and 500 yards on the ground. Um, in, in 2018, he was the uh, American Athletic Conference Special Teams Player of the Year, was also first-team All-AAC as a receiver. Um, very dynamic receiver, as is Rico Bussey out of North Texas. Mentioned him earlier when we were talking about Mason Fine, 6'2", 190 pounds, 68 receptions, over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Um, eighth in the FBS with those 12 touchdowns as well. Six games of 100-plus yards. He's a guy to to keep an eye out for there in Conference USA. Um, 
going back to the American Athletic Conference, James Proche, uh, 5'11", 190 pounds, a guy who can play both on the outside and I think in the slot. The slot is really going to be his home, I think, at the next level. Uh, 93 receptions, just under 1,200 yards uh, and 12 touchdowns. This is a guy who can be physical when needed. Um, you know, makes a lot of plays. Uh, you know, can be a return man as well. Led the eight, uh, the American Athletic Conference um, and was eighth in the FBS in, in 7.8 receptions per game um, and eighth in, in receiving touchdowns. Um, let's see, Cedric Bird out of Hawaii. You know, uh, in 2016 and 2017 was at Long Beach City College, transferred to Hawaii, was second on the team uh, and fifth in Mountain West. Um, you know, in, in touchdowns with with nine. Um, also second on the team and eighth in the Mountain West in yards with 970, 5'9", 170 pounds, potential slot receiver. Um, and I'm going to end the receiver position with two guys to keep an, uh, an eye out for as junior sleeper guys. Uh, Quez Watkins, 6'2", 190-pounder out of, out of Southern Miss. A season ago, 72 receptions, 889 yards, nine touchdowns. And then big Gabriel Davis, 6'3", 212 yards, uh, thrived catching the ball from Mackenzie Wilton there um, at, at UCF. Uh, 53 receptions, 815 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, you know, second team All AAC, 10 plays of 20 plus yards. Uh, you know, he's a big play guy and, and a guy who I think is just going to continue to get better. If either of those guys have a big year in uh, 2019, I could see them coming out and entering the draft. So we've made it through most of the skill position players. We're going to get into the trenches here in just a sec, but uh, the tight end position. You know, Albert Owe Boonham is the guy that we're going to be talking about. He was had the potential to enter the, the draft in, in 2019. Now, a season ago, we had 16 tight ends taken. A year before that, 15 tight ends. So we're seeing an uptick in the number of tight ends taken. Albert Owe Boonham, you know, and really you're going to see the theme here. They're mostly juniors um, that are that are on this list. But Alfred, uh, Albert Owe Boonham battled some injuries a season ago, just nine games, uh, you know, 40, uh, 466 yards, uh, pa- uh, re- receiving six touchdowns. Um, but as a redshirt freshman in 2017, um, freshman All-SEC, second-team All-SEC as well, um, his 11 receptions, um, most for any tight end, um, and uh, let's see, most in the SEC and 11th nationally. Um, so I think that's something, you know, he was most by any tight end and most by by any freshman wide receiver as well. Uh, a guy who is probably the best, you know, receiving tight end in this crop right now and uh, probably, you know, one of the better inline blockers as well. So he's he's more than likely going to be that first tight end taken. Colby Parkinson out of Stanford, 6'7", 240 pounds. This guy is just a freakish athlete. Um, you know, was a basketball player in high school, really a wide tight end. Um, 29 receptions, just under 500 yards, seven touchdowns, was a favorite target down the field of K.J. Costello. He'd hit him down the, down the sideline with back shoulder throws, um, hit him up the seam, and really, you know, between him and, and uh, JGR Sega Whiteside, they're really playing basketball there in the end zone, in the red zone. I just throw the football up and let him go up and get it. Mentioned Jared Pinkney there for, for Vanderbilt. 
you know, and, and uh, three straight seasons with, with over, over 20 receptions, including 50 uh, receptions, 774 yards and seven touchdowns. Second team, all sec played, uh, you know, started, you know, 13 games is 50 receptions, most by a Vandy tight end since 1984, uh, 15.5 yards per reception, had a reception in every game and all but one had multi receptions. Um, you know, a, a guy who was, a could be a dynamic target in the passing game and one of the more underrated blockers as well. Um, Oregon has Jacob Breland, 6'5", 248 pounds, um, you know, 48 receptions in his career, 820 yards, seven touchdowns, uh, no more of a receiver, um, as is as Grant Calcaterra of Oklahoma, 6'4", 221 pounds, bulking up though, um, was a first team all Big 12 selection there in 2018, had a breakout season, 26 receptions, 396 yards, six touchdowns, kind of reminds me of an undersized Mark uh, Mark Andrews, and we saw what he's uh, what he did for OU, and uh, is now. Um, really a downfield threat for the Baltimore Ravens. Bryson Hopkins of Purdue, another guy who really thrived in, in the Big Ten. 6'5", 245 pounds, 69 receptions, over 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns to his credit as well. Uh, 17.1 yards per reception in 2018 was tops on the Purdue roster. That's with Rondell Moore on the team. Um, you know, Bryson Hopkins, definitely a down thr- down, uh, downfield threat for Purdue. Uh, Mitchell Wilcox. Out of South Florida, 6'5", 245 pounds, um, was a, set a Bulls record uh, for tight ends and receiving uh, you know, both yards and receptions, 43 receptions, 540 yards, and a couple of touchdowns there in 2018. A guy who's battled some injuries, um, but he is the team's career leader in, in tight, uh, for tight ends and, and career yards. Um, decent blocker as well. Uh, he's going to be somebody who's going to be on that short list of, of tight ends that's going to be taken early on. Uh, Sean McCown out of Michigan um, has 47 receptions to his credit, but a guy who I think is more known for his blocking prowess than uh, he is really as a receiver. Uh, then there's Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. He's 6'7", 240 pounds. This is a guy who I think is going to be that sleeper in this tight end crop. Uh, you know, he has 83 receptions to his credit, all but six of those coming in the last two seasons, over a thousand yards receiving nine touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he's somebody who, you know, he was the offensive, uh, MVP of the spring game, uh, here in, in 2019, uh, someone to really keep an eye on, especially, you know, with Lane Kiffin's offense there in, in Florida Atlantic, I think he's going to be a go-to target. And then finally, one guy to, to, to mention there in the Mountain West conference, uh, Jared Rice. Um, you know, 55 receptions, 664 yards, and and three touchdowns as well. Um, you played on the defensive side of the ball as well. You know, 13 total tackles. Um, so he's going to be a a weapon. As is a uh, you know, Josiah uh, Deguera there for for Cincinnati. Um, I think he led the team in receiving uh, a season ago. Tyler Mabry of, of Buffalo, Cameron Green, the the super back there for Northwestern, also names to remember. Um, there uh, at the tight end position. So we've gotten through all of the skill position players. We're going to take a look at the the offensive line here, try to get through the offensive line as much as we can. Uh, when you talk about the offensive line and you're talking about the offensive tackle position, you know, we were really looking for um, you know some, some breakout uh, you know, a breakout at the position. You know, we have four tight end or offensive tackles taken in round number one. Jonah Hill, or I'm sorry, Jonah Hill. Uh, 
Jonah Williams, uh, Andre Dillard, Titus Howard, Caleb McGarry, all taken in round number one. Um, you know, that's up from 2018 when we had just two taken in round number one. 2017, just two taken in round number one. Uh, you know, 2016, we had four with Ronnie Stanley, Jake, uh, Jack Conklin, Laramie Tunsil, Taylor Decker. Um, 23 total offensive tackles taken in, in this past year's draft. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of depth, uh, you know, and that was really one of the things that we were talking about in last year's draft was there were a lot of offensive tackles that were there on the board. I think there's a lot of talent here in the top end of this draft, and, and we could potentially see four, five, six offensive tackles gain, you know, garner consideration for the first round. I think when you're talking about offensive tackles, you know, I think Andrew Thomas of Georgia has to be in consideration to be the number one tackle. 6'5", 320 pounds, uh, All-American in, in 2018, 13 starts at left tackle, uh, played in 72% of the offensive plays against uh, SEC opponents, um, just 11 pressures, three sacks, um, according to Pro Football Focus, um, you know, was a freshman All-American in 2017, 15 starts at right tackle, so he has uh, you know the versatility to be able to play either tackle position. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody's seen the video of him just kind of manhandling and throwing Josh Allen all over the field. Um, has tremendous power, but uh, you know the footwork, his ability to bend. I think the hip flexion that you see, um, you know, does a really good job. You know, distributing his weight um, can be powerful at the point of attack, but uh, it's a kick slide. You know, he's one of those guys, very quick feet, does a really good job keeping those edge rushers in front of him. Um, so you, you move from Andrew Thomas to how about a guy like, like Christian Wirfs out of Iowa? 6'5", 322-pound junior, was a 12-game starter at right tackle. Um, you know, in seven games, he, he played every offensive down. So you know, this is a guy very, um, very durable, and a guy from a conditioning standpoint is definitely there. We know he's a workout warrior. If you haven't seen the video, 450-pound hang clean made it look easy. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of Brandon, uh, Brandon Scherf in that in that aspect. Not only a guy who's going to try to manhand, you know, uh, manhandle the weights, but he's also going to try to dominate you out on the football field. Um, you know, he, he can move a little bit laterally, but I think he's going to be dominant in the running game. Tristan Wirfs, to me, has a chance to be the number two tackle taken in the draft. Uh, then, then there's Walker Little of Stanford, 6'7", 309 pounds. The junior was an all-pac-12 first-teamer, honorable mention All-American, uh, 12 starts at left tackle. Um, you know, he, he's someone to me when I look at him, I watch him play, and uh, you know, very easy mover, very physical at the point of attack. Um, but I don't know that he's even the, the best uh, Pac-12 offensive tackle. Especially when you got a guy like Calvin Throckmorton sitting there at Oregon, you know Calvin Throckmorton, six five, three hundred nine pounds, um, third straight season with at least eight hundred fifty five snaps in twenty eighteen, um, only FBS offensive lineman to play four positions in twenty eighteen, uh, played every position um, but left guard, um, at, you know just thirteen pressures given up, you know in uh, in eleven hundred thirty three snaps. Um, Let's see, had 15 games total without a penalty in his career. Uh, one sack in, 30, in 31 games. That's over you know, 2,289 snaps. 38 consecutive starts. Um, uh, a guy for me, you know, he's graded as the top Pac-12 offensive lineman per pro, 
pro football focus. You know, and I think you know he's really he looks like a right tackle. He was very physical at the point of attack. Has a bit of a mean streak to him. Um, powerful hands, but the foot the foot speed was really what I wasn't expecting to see. You know, he was a guy like I said he could kick inside um, and play center and right guard. But man, when Panay Sewell went down to injury there at left tackle, Calvin Throckmorton showed that he could you know, have the versatility to kick outside to left tackle and was able to deal with a lot of edge rushers, showed more foot speed than I was expecting to see out of him. He's somebody with that versatility. Man, he's going to rise up draft boards very, very quickly. Then there's Trey Adams from Washington, the big 6'8", 314-pound. Uh, he had a season-ending injury in 2017, missed 10 games with a back injury in 2018, came back and really don't watch the tape in 2018. You're going to have to go back and really watch the tape um, you know, 2017 before the, the season ending uh, knee injury and really 2016, you know, first team all pack 12 was an all American 14 starts at left tackle. Everyone was talking about him potentially being that number one tackle in, uh, in the draft, uh, even a season ago, coming back off of his injury before the back Trey Adams is going to have to show that he's hundred percent healthy. He's gonna to have to be able to show that he he you know can keep that pad level low, that he's has the endurance, that he can get back to his form. Because when he was a sophomore there for the Huskies, he was dominant. He was dominant in the run game, a little bit of nastiness to him, had such long arms in in, in the passing game. You know, he, he was light on his feet, had that deep kick slide, and then he'd extend those long arms. And you know, being six eight, he had so much length that it was so difficult to get around him. Um, but he's going to have to prove that that he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, a, another big offensive tackle. You look at Lucas Niang out of uh, out of TCU, six seven, three hundred twenty eight pounds, thirteen starts at right tackle a season ago. Didn't allow a sack. Pro Football Focus noted his his pa- pass block grade of eighty six point three was the highest among all offensive linemen there in the Big Twelve. Um, very athletic, you know, a big guy with long arms, um, you know, a guy who can get physical and get nasty in the ground game as well. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, he's a guy at TCU. You know, you don't really think of offensive tackles. Joseph Noboom was kind of a surprise uh, going there to the Rams as early as he did a couple of years ago. Um, I believe he was in the third round. Um, but uh, Lucas Niang has a chance to, to be in, in that, that first two-day conversation. Uh, Alaric Jackson out of Iowa, 6'6", 320 pounds, uh, 12 starts at left tackle a season ago, seven games where he played all offensive plays, much like uh, like Tristan Wirfs. And that's really the big thing for Nate Stanley. He's got bookend tackles who both have a chance to be selected in the first two days of this NFL draft. Um, you know, He's someone who I think is really going to have to step up you know, he was an all, a freshman All-American in, in 2017, 12 starts to his credit there on the left side, uh, 22, I'm sorry, 24 starts total in his career. He's someone who's really going to be looked at to to make that next step, make that leap um, in uh, 2019. Now, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State is a guy that nobody's really talking about, and I don't know why. He's 6'6", 320 pounds, 13 starts a season ago, blocked for Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, Brett Rippon, a passing offense that was 18th in the country, 292 yards uh, per game, also blocking for uh, Alexander Madison as well, a guy who was just so light on his feet. 
you know, he's more of a finesse guy, not as much in the power, uh, power uh, running game, but a guy who was just so light on his feet, easy, you know, with the transitions, you know, changing directions. Um, you know, that was one of the things, you know, he never really overset. He was a guy with that kick slide, very effortless, you know, riding a guy away from the pocket um, and those counter moves, being able to, you know, make those keep the pad level down, be able to, to, to cut on a dime and be able to wall off a receiver, or I'm sorry, uh, a defensive end who's looking to to make some of those counter moves back to the inside or on, on an inside move, wouldn't really let a guy cross his face, you know, really kept the guy in front of him. And uh, I think Ezra Cleveland's going to be a guy who's going to surprise people here in, uh, in, in 2019. I'm Mackay Becton out of Louisville, you know, big guy, six, uh, six, seven, 369 pounds, um, you know, 13 games started. A lot of people like him. Um, you know, the guy that I really want to see though is Trey Smith out of Tennessee. I really want to see him get back to his, his form. Six six, 325 pound junior. A lot of people are talking about him possibly kicking inside to guard at the next level. Um, as a freshman, started 12 games, all SEC second team, freshman, all ACC, freshman, all America, uh, only t- Tennessee offensive lineman to start all 12 games. First true freshman to start in over 30 years, 55 knockdowns, did play both tackle and guard in that season. Uh, then 2018 hit, played in seven games, started seven games, then ended the season with some blood clots, had 19 consecutive starts before that happened. Really, you know, is he going to be clear to, to play? You know, the medicals are really going to be the biggest thing for him. Um, you know, is he going to be cleared by by the NFL doctors? Uh, Prince Tega Winogo um, out of Auburn, 6'7", 305 pounds, um, was an all-SEC first team a season ago, started all 13 games. Here's the thing that I worry about with him. He, he's someone who um, is still raw, you know, very light on his feet, moves very well, but a guy who I think is still raw and uh, still learning the position. Um, would I take him in round number one? No. Is he going to be a round two pick? You know, I'd probably take him, you know, somewhere in that round two to round three range right now. He's going to have to show that, uh, you know, the technique and really more polish if he wants to move up draft boards. Um, you know, there's Akeem Adenage at a, at a Kansas 6'5", 300 pounds. Um, let's see, he started every game in his career there um, for the Jayhawks, all 36 games, um, all but one start at left tackle, uh, excellent long arms, um, you know, he's really kind of the, the guy that you want to key in and watch. He'll be blocking for Puka Williams there for the Jayhawks. Um, you know, John Runyon out of Michigan. Uh, if the name sounds familiar, that's uh, John Runyon, the, the Eagle uh, veteran's son, 6'5", 321 pounds, um, 13 starts at left tackle and all Big Ten selection. Um, he, he's someone who, along with Ben Bredesen, are going to be the veterans on that line. I think he specializes in, in run blocking, can really cave in the left side. I think he struggles a little bit with speed on the outside, though. May have to kick over to right tackle at the next level, possibly even moving inside to guard. Uh, Yasir Duran out of Missouri, 6'7", 330 pounds, 13 starts a season ago uh, after being, a, you know, he was a JC transfer coming into Mizzou in 2017, nine starts at left tackle um, in, in 2017, 13, like I said, uh, in 2018 for an offense that ranked 13th nationally in, in total offense, 18th nationally uh, with 46.4% on, on third downs. Um, Missouri was also sixth fewest in negative yards per game, um, with, uh, with four, 
basically averaged four plays, uh, four negative plays. And so that's a credit to the guys up front. Uh, we'll be talking about a couple of other guys there from Missouri up front. And I think you see your Durant is a guy. Keep an eye on him, especially with a lot of the big pass rushers there in the SEC. If he can hold his own there on the outside, he'll be one to watch to rise up some draft boards. Uh, there's Justin Heron out of Wake Forest, 6'5", uh, 290 pounds. This was a guy who um, was a machine for them. You know, started, you know, played in over 1,600 snaps in 2015 and 2016, uh, and then over nearly 1,000 snaps in 2017. Uh, all ACC selection. And then in 2018, started his 38th game against Tulane and tore his ACL and was out for the year. He's back for the Demon Deacons, and his health is critical to their su- success. There in the ACC. A couple of other names to mention: Victor Johnson out of Appalachian State, 6'5", 296 pounds, uh, first team all all Sun Belt, um, and uh, you know Blake Brendel there out of Oregon State, 6'7", 307 pounds, 36 consecutive starts at uh, offensive tackle. Honorable mention: All Pac-12, you know, 2016 through 2018. Uh, you know, a, a guy. To he's a veteran there up front offensively, and uh, you know a, a guy who I think just continues to get better for the Beavers. We're in the home stretch. We're moving from the outside to the interior of that offensive line. We're going to talk guards. We're going to talk centers at the guard position. Shane Lemieux out of Oregon is the guy to watch out for and I think could be a first-round pick when it's all said and done. 6'4", 317 pounds, over 2,600 snaps uh, for the Ducks, 38 career uh, career starts. In 2018, two sacks, two quarterback hits, 11 pressures according to Pro Football Focus, 2.4 pressure rate, um, you know, 79 uh, pass block rating and an 84 run block rating. Um, it took every snap in seven games, including each of the first five uh, Pac-12 games as well. He's a veteran up front, and uh, you know he, he's he, he's a guy to me that is the model of consistency and uh, someone to really keep an eye out for uh, moving forward. Ben Bredesen of Michigan, 6'5", 325 pounds. Played in 30, 37 games, 33 starts. I uh, was a team captain in 2018. Um, second team all Big Ten. He's a, really a mover. You know, this is a guy who's going to generate a lot of movement there on the inside, uh, especially in the run game. I think he struggles a little bit with some quickness off the football. Uh, Raquan Williams uh, of uh, Michigan State beat him off the line a few times. You know, the guys there at Ohio State like Draymond uh, Jones really had a hard time with his quickness a little bit. So, you know, ben, uh, Bredesen, you know, really, you know, the physicality, if he gets his hands on you, it's over. Uh, Alex Leatherwood of Alabama, 6'6", 310 pounds, moved to, to right guard, started the season, a 15-game starter, second-team All-SEC, 13 knockdown blocks as well. You know, played in seven games as a freshman, so he's somebody who, you know, is he going to play left tackle? Is he going to play guard? Where exactly are they going to line him up? That's going to be the big question mark. Um, I think he'll probably play guard at the next level, uh, next level though. Um, but he's he's kind of the guy that everyone's counting on as being the next great Alabama offensive tackle. So we'll have to keep an eye on exactly where Alex Leatherwood will be playing in 2019. Parker Braun, he's a grad transfer from uh, from Georgia Tech to Texas. 6'3", 295 pounds. Um, started 32 of his 36 games, a two-time All-ACC selection, was a former freshman All-American, three-time academic All-ACC as well. 
Um, when you look at some of these stats, I mean, they're just freaking ridiculous. In 2018, in his 12 starts, 25 pass, uh, pancake blocks on 72 plays. Uh, that's one every 2.9 snaps. Uh, have 15 pancake blocks against uh, Louisville alone. And, and I'm sorry, the 25 pancake blocks on 72 plays, that was against Virginia Tech. 15 pancake blocks against Louisville. Of course, that's in... in the Ramblin' Rex, uh, you know, run offense that was really run by uh, Paul Johnson. You're not really going to see that as much there with uh, with Georgia Tech now that uh, Jeff Collins has come in. But Parker Braun moving to Texas, really going to be able to showcase what he can do as a pass blocker. We know that he's very physical. We know that this is a guy who's going to drive his man into the ground, but he's definitely someone to keep an eye out for um, in in uh, in 2019. Uh, then there's Trevor. Wallace Sims out of Missouri, 6'5", 330 pounds, first team All-ACC a season ago, over 1,000 snaps, no sacks, no penalties for this kid. Um, he's the guy that nobody's talking about. When we talk about Mizzou, um, you know, I, I mentioned the, the negative plays, only having four, averaging four per game. They also have, were eighth in FBS with uh, just one sack given up per game. Um, and... You know, a big reason why was because Wallace Sims not giving up a, a sack and really no penalties either. Um, you know, I think is is a staff that's just staggering. You know, he has a chance to be a guy who's going to be taken in the first two round, you know, first three rounds of the draft. Um, when you go through the rest of the list, there's Donnell Stanley out of out of South uh, South uh, South Carolina. Sorry, uh, six three, three hundred twenty two pounds, sixth season there. Um, with uh, with the Gamecocks, had a high ankle sprain, was out with the medical red shirt in 2016. Can play both guard and center. 38 games, 26 starts. Um, let's see, yeah, 26 starts at, at center, 10 at left guard, and four at, at right guard. Um, you know, Tommy Kramer of, of Notre Dame, six six, 316 pounds. Uh, has 21 starts to his credit. Played a, a, a right tackle, but I think ultimately will be a guard at the next level. There's Jovan Fair out of Temple, second team All AAC selection uh, in 2018. You know, a, a guy who you know, was a model of consistency for them. Did battle some injuries in 2017, but back to to starting. You know, 13 games there at left guard. He's going to be a guy counted on there for for that Temple line. Um, when you look at some of these other guys, Logan Stenberg, really a nasty offensive lineman. Um, let's see, uh, 13 starts in each of the last two seasons. Um, you know, a, a guy who's just very physical, very nasty as a freshman. 37 knockdown blocks and just one missed assignment, according to Pro Football Focus. Just one quarterback pressure as well. Um, you know, he, he's somebody who can be very physical in the ground game. You know, blocked for Benny Snell. You know, rushed for a thousand yards in three straight seasons. Um, very intelligent as well. Academic honor roll there with the SEC. Um, you know, I'll give you some some names just to kind of get through here really quickly. Uh, Cole Minshew of Florida State, 6'5", 330 pounds. Um, battled injury this past season, but a guy who's who's been a mainstay up front over the last two seasons. Bryce Meeker and Josh uh, Kniffel there for, for Iowa State up front. Uh, the two guards are going to be guys who are going to be key for, for Iowa State's success, especially with Brock Purdy there at quarterback. Uh, John Simpson of Clemson, um, over 1,300 snaps, you know, played uh, 36 games, 15 starts. Uh, to his credit, uh, you know, let's see, as we continue to go through this, 
this list. Damian Lewis of LSU, um, you know, very strong, uh, 635 pound squat, 500 pound bench press, 13 starts at left guard in his first season with the Tigers, 978 snaps, led the offensive lineman there at LSU, uh, played in every offensive snap in 11 of 13 games. So the, the, the durability is absolutely there. Uh, Sean Christie of Maryland, you know, we saw Derwin Gray get, get selected in the draft, you know, 6'4", 247 pounds, or 287 pounds. He's the veteran up front there. And then here's a name to, you know, that people haven't really been talking about. Kind of surprised. Tyler Higby of, of Michigan State, 6'5", 300 pounds. He's someone I'm going to really want to key in on and, and watch a little bit more of. 36 games, 26 starts, 21 at left guard. Um Three at left tackle, two at center, very versatile. Um, you know, 29 and a half knockdowns, uh, knockdown blocks. That was second um, there for the Spartans. And, you know, just the versatility. You know, he's a guy that I, I really want to um, pay more attention to here as we transition into, into 2019. And then finally, that takes us to the center position. Now, the centers, you know, is it a position that's really gotten a whole lot of love over the last few years? Um, you know, not not as much as you would have liked um, to see if you were a center, um, but uh, nevertheless, you know, there were two that were taken in 2018: Frank Ragnow, Billy uh, Billy Price, taken 21st and 20 uh, 20 and 20 20th and 21st by the Lions and Bengals, respectively. Uh, this last season, though, uh, we had. Three centers taken in the first two rounds. Uh, Garrett Bradbury going number 18 overall to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Elton Jenkins going to the Packers from number 44 overall. And then Eric uh, McCoy, number 48 overall to the Saints. Only had two centers taken after that. And they were both taken in, in the sixth and seventh rounds. So, you know, the, the center position, you know, teams are keying in on some of those, um, you know, those guys in the first um Two or three rounds, like in 2018, after Ragnar and Price, you had one, two, three, four more uh, centers taken in uh, in rounds two and three, and then just a few tackles taken or centers taken beyond that. So the the center position, you know, it's something that I think should be valued a lot more. We saw Ryan Khalil come back out of retirement. You know, a big reason why it was to play with with uh, Sam Darnold, but there was no confidence in, in Jonathan Harrison either. That's why the Jets had to be looking for for a center, and that's why Ryan Khalil's coming back. I look at this crop. There are actually three, really, yeah, three centers in my in my top five who are all underclassmen. You know, and two of those could potentially be top twenty picks. You know, the, the first one is Tyler Beatis uh, out of Wisconsin, 6'3", two, uh, 321 pounds, um, honorable mention All-America, first team All-Big Ten in, in 2018. This guy started uh, in 2017 as a redshirt freshman, um, you know, third team All-Big Ten you know, as a freshman, paved the way for the Doak, Walkers, uh, Doak Walker finalist jo- Jonathan Taylor at that time. Um, you know, the unit that he was on, you know, 1.5 sacks per game to lead the Big Ten, second in rushing offense, um, in the Big Ten as well. Um, 2018 block for the Doak Walker Award winner, Jonathan Taylor, is really playing on a line with three other guys who are all in the NFL now, in uh, Michael Dieter, Bo Benshaw, and, and David Edwards. Here, here's the thing with Tyler Beattis. He, he's very, he's so, so uh, athletic, 
so quick out of his stance, able to pull, able to climb to the second level in a hurry. Um, and, and he's pretty consistent as a as a pass blocker as well. Keeps the pad level low. Uh, very very good power in his hands. Uh, but I think that athleticism, the agility, his ability to climb to the second level is second to none. Um, I think he has a chance to be a top 20 pick. And you're really going to see the leadership come out in this guy because they are replacing three guys that are going to the next level. He and Cole Van Lannen there at left tackle are going to be the keys uh, for where Wisconsin moves in, uh, in 2019. Um, you know, OU's Creed Humphreys, a redshirt sophomore, 6'5", 315 pounds, uh, played in 14 games, 12 starts. And when he finally got in there and was a mainstay on that line, that solidified the Joe Moore, you know, the, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. You had four other guys, you know, when you when you think about that, you had Bobby Evans and, and Cody Ford there at offensive tackle, and then Drew Samia and Ben Powers at guard. And, and it was really Creed Humphrey who a lot of times was the most effective uh center there at the pivot. Um more than held his own against uh, Quinn and Williams. I think there were times where he kind of more than you know kind of dominated uh, Humphrey, but uh, you know the the wrestling background definitely was was key. Uh, freshman All American, academic All Big Twelve as well. Um, he's only a redshirt sophomore. He was kind of in the same boat that Tyler Beatus was a, a season ago. Um, he may decide that he wants to come back for one more year there at OU, especially depending on what happens with the Sooners um, you know, in, in, in the postseason. Um, but a guy who could be a top 20 to 25 pick. Here's the center that people aren't talking about. These next two guys. The first one is, is going to be Matt Hennessy out of Temple, 6'4", 295 pounds, the junior. He's uh, the, the Remington Award finalist. First team all conference. Pro Football Focus noted that he had the lowest percentage of pressures, 0.6 among all FBS centers. No sacks, only two pressures in 329 pass block snaps. Now he, he did battle battle some injuries um, a, a little bit there in, in 2018, but you know, a model of consistency, a guy who just wasn't really um, wasn't really give, give, giving up any pressures. You know, let alone any sacks, just not letting any guys through. You know, and that's one of the things that model the consistency. Uh, Matt Hennessy, he could decide he wants to come back for a senior season, and then potentially be the number one center taken and have a chance to be a top twenty pick as well. Um, I said that there was another guy that was underrated, and that's Jake Hansen out of Oregon, six five, two hundred ninety seven pounds. When you talk about this guy, it's just it's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, a, a guy, he has a streak of 34 games, uh, consecutive games that was halted against Utah for a personal foul penalty the prior week. Uh, second highest grade by a center by pro football focus, top interior lineman in pass blocking um, with 84 points. Two, no sacks given up in 2018. That's the third straight year that he hasn't given up a sack. They're at the center position. You know, he, he's a guy who uh, has a, he's just, can be dominant there at the center position. Just a guy who, uh, very athletic uh, a, as a center. And, and when you talk about a guy like Eric McCoy, um, who was very athletic, a guy who showed that he can get out and pull and uh, was really a lead blocker for Travion Williams. If Jake Hansen can show that he can get out and pull for a guy like C.J. Verdell, I think Jake Hansen is going to solidify himself as a second-round selection. Uh, then there's Daryl Williams out of Mississippi State, 6'2", 310 pounds, with a team captain, uh, th- or is a team captain this year. Uh, 32 games, 25 starts at left guard. He's kicking inside to, to center this year. 
Um, you know, gave up one sack and, and three quarterback hits, five hurries, nine pressures. Um, you know, but but a guy who was one of the better guards um, in the SEC and in the, in the country a season ago. Um, then there's Zach Shackelford out of Texas, 6'4", 305 pounds, played in 40 games, started 27, does have a, a surgically repaired ankle um, foot injury in, in, in 2018 as well. Um, but a guy who, when he is in there for Texas, um, can be dominant. You know, two other names to really mention, Nick Harris of Washington, 6'1", 302 pounds, uh, first team all Pac-12, um, you know, really a veteran there up front, played, you know, playing center in uh, 2018 and 2019, but also has a lot of versatility because he's played both guard positions as well. Then there's uh, Tristan Colon Castillo of Missouri, 6'4", 315 pounds, the junior um, you know, 13 starts to his credit in 2018, um, also had 13 starts in 2017. So those 26 starts, another veteran up front. Um, he's somebody to me, I think is going to come back for his, you know, for a senior season and could potentially be one of the, the two or three top centers in the 2021 draft. Um, you know, I said that there were two other names, but I got a couple more guys real quick here before we close out the podcast. Uh, Cole Cabral out of, out of Arizona State, 6'5", 291 pounds, one of just 15 centers in the FBS not to allow a sack in 2018. And then how about Jordan Johnson of, of UCF, 6'2", 320 pounds, um, you know, started uh, all but one game. You know, so that's 38 starts to his credit there um, in, in three seasons for the Golden Knights. Moved from guard to center prior to the start of the 2017 season. First team All ACC selection, um, you know, in 2017 did so again in, in 2018. Led the team to break the school record in rushing as well. He's somebody who I think is going to creep up draft boards, and somebody who I think is going to end up getting himself drafted. May not be, a, you know, a day two pick, but a guy on day three who's definitely going to help a team uh, at some point. Um, so that's our offense. And a lot of the names to keep an eye out for. We covered a lot of guys in just a couple of hours, and uh, you know, hopefully that'll help you know, at least start getting an idea of who are some of the guys to keep an eye out for. And I talked, you know, receivers. There's a guy that I forgot to even mention, and that's you know Antonio uh, Gandy Golden. I can't believe that I actually forgot about this guy, um, but he's you know that's that's the thing. There's so many guys to talk about in, in such a little time, but. Uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden is a 6'4", 220-pound, 1,000-yard receiver, 10 touchdowns to his credit as well. He has, uh, you know, Bo Calvert throwing the football to him, buckshot there for, for Liberty. Um, he's a receiver at a, at a small school that you're going to need to tune in and watch out for. So as you can see, there are guys that I've left off in, in, uh, in this breakdown, and, and that's not um, to... You know, not on purpose. There, there are a lot of, uh, of guys out there that you're going to want to key in on, guys that you're going to watch. And I'm going to make sure that I cover those guys throughout the season. The next podcast, we are going to talk about the defensive side of the football. We're going to take a look at all the guys from the pass rushers to the linebackers uh, to the secondary. So, you know, guys like, uh, you know, at defensive end, we're going to talk about Chase Young. We're going to talk about A.J. Epinesa, um, you know, other pass rushers like Daryl uh, Taylor we're going to be talking about as well. Uh, linebackers, you got Patty, Patty Fisher and, and Dylan Moses uh, at the cornerback position. Who's the best corner? Is it Christian Fulton of LSU? I, I think it's probably Bryce Hall of Virginia or uh, Paulson Adebo of Stanford. 
And uh, at the safety position, obviously Grant Delpit is is the top safety in in this year's draft class, and and a guy who's going to you know could he be a better draft prospect than than Jamal Adams? You know, that's that's high praise, but I think there's a chance that when it's all said and done, he may end up being better than Jamal Adams when he leaves LSU. So those are some names. To, to, to talk about here in in, uh, in week number two um, but just so what you can expect beyond the first three weeks from there you know, I watch over 250 games a year uh, from beginning to end my goal is to watch at least one football game for all um, all FBS programs beginning to end so I put in the work I'm gonna be watching as many games as possible so week after week, we're going to take a look at all of the games that I got a chance to watch and break down the week prior. And I'm also going to help really prepare for the coming week. We'll get into bowl season after that. We'll talk about the matchups there. And then we'll get into really the, the, the pre-draft process after that. Weekly podcasts. Hopefully you've enjoyed you know breaking down the, the offensive uh prospects for the 2020 draft and uh you know stay with me here every step of the way we're going to be talking about uh you know quite a few um draft picks here over the next uh, couple of weeks i'll also introduce my all shoots team that'll be the second uh installment of the all shoots team Uh, basically my favorite players from the 2019 draft who i think will make an impact at the next level so a lot to cover uh you know and again it's just august Draft isn't until April in Las Vegas, but I want you to be ready for that draft in April. So stay tuned week in and week out with me, and we'll get you there. So for Ready for the Draft podcast and readyforthedraft.com, I am Greg Schutz. I hope you've enjoyed uh, everything that we're covering here, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Until then... Enjoy the rest of your week, enjoy your weekend, and I am out of here. Take care, everyone.